0: As the coronavirus is rapidly changing the way hospitals must interact with their patients and customers, at the same time the relationship between the health system and their partners is also undergoing a dramatic shift. With healthcare organizations facing shrinking budgets and a scrutiny on their investments into technology, agencies, and consultancies, the pressure for vendors to strengthen their relationship with and value to their hospital clients is paramount. But are healthcare technology vendors ready to evolve to meet these new demands? Welcome to The New Normal, conversations about the future of healthcare from Touchpoint Media. Through interviews with leading industry experts, this program explores how the current public health crisis is forcing our industry to transform and change. In this episode, I speak with Brian Gresh, president of Loyal. As a healthcare marketing executive with over 20 years of experience, Brian has solved marketing challenges by leveraging emerging technologies and putting user experience first. Prior to working at Loyal, Brian was the Executive Director of Digital and Content Marketing at Cleveland Clinic, and also pioneered the implementation of digital solutions at the University of Utah Healthcare in his role as the Senior Director of Interactive Marketing and Web. In this episode, Brian and I discuss the challenges a healthcare vendor faces in a post-COVID-19 world. Brian, given your background, because you've been really on both sides of the table, so to speak, right? You worked in health systems before, and now you're working with a partner vendor. You understand sort of the role of these partners, these vendors that role in relationship to hospitals and health systems, that's kind of been shifting over the years prior to everything that we're in right now, hasn't it? Yeah, it's definitely been shifting. And
1: I think the speed at which it's shifting is accelerating, where more and more we're seeing the ability to kind of execute on different strategies and the tools that you can use to execute on on your strategy um, are more accessible and more at your fingertips. So I think it's giving a lot of internal teams more power than maybe they've had in the past. When you think of like SaaS products in the past, only agencies could afford certain tools, analytics tools or, you know, gosh, way back when we all cared about television ratings and things like that, you couldn't access that stuff. You needed your agency to look at all of that data because they could scale it across their clients but now you know you can just sign up for a Google Analytics account for free and have a total view into your into your own platform
0: so I think that's really changed the way that teams are able to operate. And it's really kind of blurred the lines too a lot between now there's these different types of organizations that help support our industry. So we have technology partners such as yourself or agencies and consultancies. And I'm noticing over the last couple of years has been sort of a convergence and some agencies are becoming more consultant in nature and maybe some technology partners are adding agency capabilities, et cetera. Are you seeing that too? Like kind of that, that whole network of used to be different distinct types of partners now suddenly be making a rush towards almost seeing the same.
1: Just as I said that a lot of these tools are, are more accessible. You can get a MailChimp account. You can get a Google Analytics account. You can do all of these things really quickly. At the same time, that doesn't mean they're easy to use or that there's still not a strategy that needs to be aligned with them. And so it's great that you can build your MarTech stack quickly with a bunch of tools, but if you don't know what to do with them, that's a problem, right? And that's where the consultants and the agencies, I think the good ones have kind of shifted their focus where they're really becoming the experts in how to piece those things together and to make recommendations in terms of a strategy around them. So it's not that agencies, I think, are are no longer valuable. I think they've just changed the value proposition a bit.
0: Well, this whole shift of the value proposition for outside partners with health systems is, is really a, a significant thing. Now that we're in the public health crisis that we're at, We've seen an extra significant impact on these hospitals and health systems. There's people that are being furloughed from big periods of time throughout the summer. There's going to be a tightening of budgets because of the economics of all of this. From the perspective of like your healthcare clients that you work with, how do you see them shifting in the post-pandemic world? Where do you think that they're going to go in this kind of crunch time now?
1: Obviously, it's really hard to predict. I wish I had the crystal ball. I think some kind of current observations would be, obviously, there's short-term and there's long-term goals right now. Short-term, let's deal with the crisis at hand. Let's figure out how we keep communicating with our constituents, our audiences, and use the tools that we already have in place. And then more long term, it's how do we bring that business back that we're losing currently? You know, I don't think anyone believes three months from now, we're just going to suddenly switch switch over, you know, back to where we were. <laughs> and, and we can employ all of the same tools and strategies. Clearly, consumers, patients are being impacted by this in ways that we don't quite understand yet. They're still going to need healthcare services. That's a given, but how are they going to want those services provided? Certainly telemedicine is important and it's become extremely relevant in in the current time period, but how do you take that forward? How do you reopen the doors to the physical clinics and bring back people in a way that they're comfortable and also keeps them in the system? So I, I think some of those things are 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 kind of yet to be determined. But right now at this immediate moment, what I see is a lot of these teams are just trying to get through. They're just trying to stay afloat, just trying to do the right thing and serve their customers really, really well. And, you know, at some point they're gonna come out of that. And we all as the vendor community, as the health system community, we all just need to be ready
0: for when that when that occurs. Do you think that the vendor community is going to also have to shift the way they work with their hospital partners, you know, as they kind of look at this evolution. One thing I, I do notice, Brian, with the work that you know with your company, that what you're doing, you're really shifting readily for the times. But it's almost like you you have a philosophical shift of the way your company is supporting your your, your clients, your partners right now. Do you think that that's kind of a trend that the vendor community will have to follow? I hope
1: so. I mean, I like to think that prior to the COVID crisis, that we as, you know, loyal as a company, that we cared about our customers, and we tried to do the right thing to support them, not just sell them a product, but really think about what were their needs? How can we help them? Can we make suggestions to enhance or to get extract the most value out of the products that we're supplying to them? I think we... Had an opportunity, just like every other vendor during this time period, to double down on that and really think about how our customers are being impacted. And could we do something even more to to help them? Um, and we've tried to do that through through supporting current clients and, and then other prospective clients that we reached out to. And then going forward, again, I think we have an obligation to understand how this whole thing is has impacted the teams we work with at Health Systems, just to acknowledge that it's not the same. It's not business as usual. We're going to have to look at all of the ways we interact with customers, the way we sell to customers, and decide
0: whether it still makes sense. Um, And if it doesn't, we're going to have to come up with new ways to do that. I get what you're saying, Brian, and I actually think that is the ideal relationship that you should have with your clients, with your the partners that you're working with, is being aware of the shifting nature of their business and also uh, being there to help support their needs. But that often is a little bit challenging. In our space, you and I have been in this business for a very long time. We know that in in many cases, the way vendors and partners interact with their clients and prospects has been really traditional in in a way, right? It's face to face. We meet with them at conferences. We, you know, we have salespeople that kind of round on them and we do a lot of in-person meetings where we're th- with them, you know, meeting, meeting internally, et cetera. Now we're in this world where we're physically distant, if not socially distant. How do you see the vendor community kind of growing into this new normal to manage those relationships? I think
1: some may do it well and Others may not make it through, I mean, to be totally frank. But you're right. It's a challenge. Um, Three months ago, we were all flying around the country, you know, a couple days a week to meet with folks one-on-one. For myself, personally, I always love an in-person meeting over a Zoom meeting. Um, There's just those physical cues that you can pick up. And sometimes things get lost in translation through a chat or an email. But that doesn't mean those things still aren't there they're just different and so it's up to us to to adjust and carry forward what I've learned on the on the flip side of that is you know what you can have very effective meetings through a zoom you can listen and you can understand your customers' needs even if you're not in the room with them I think in some ways this will build some efficiencies uh, into the process maybe it will take a few meetings that maybe weren't necessary off of everyone's calendars, <laughs> um, and, and allow us to focus on things that are more more important. And I don't want to imply that meeting with clients isn't important and meeting with customers isn't important, but there are still ways to accomplish that without having to go back to the to the way we were doing it. I hope we can get back to some to some in person stuff because I really I really enjoy that time that I get to share with people. I think you get you just get stuff out of a an in-person meeting
0: sometimes that you don't get otherwise it's funny it's almost if you think about the the hospitals and health systems, they're kind of facing the same challenges with their relationships with their patients, because they're moving them right now, in the very least, more and more to a digital relationship through telemedicine and other ways. And so it's almost like they're being faced with the same kind of challenges with the relationships. But I think that there's one thing that hospitals are are not doing that I'm seeing the vendor community do a lot of, which is, I, I don't know what to call it, like this plethora of webinars that are happening now. I see a lot of brands are out there doing webinars or in fact, I think last week I, I saw that three really great webinars were happening at the same time, you know, and two of them, by the way, had similar topics. What are your thoughts about that? I mean, do you think webinars are like, is that a valid part of now how you build a relationship with people? I think webinars have,
1: have their place. And I look at a webinar as it's an, it's an educational offering. It's an opportunity to dig in a little bit more on a particular subject. And if there are people who are, are looking to do some kind of online learning, to do some professional development, then I think webinars are, are really useful. I'm not as uh, just, you know, again, this is my opinion. I'm not as, I'm not as big into webinars as a, as a sales opportunity from a product, from a vendor standpoint, I think if we're going to produce a webinar, we're going to produce it to to truly offer some some benefit and provide people some learnings around a topic. The problem now, obviously, like you mentioned, there's a lot of webinars going on because everyone's got downtime and so they're, they still want to share. This is kind of where I think some of this is going to, it'll play out, right? So the first thing is, well, how do we do it? Let's produce a webinar. Let's just keep our voice out there but then you're going to get webinar fatigue, right? (laughs) Like, you know, if there's five webinars a day, you you still have to get things done. You can't stay on a webinar all day. I think we're going to see that evolve and there will be some things that provide value and others that maybe not so much. So I think there's plenty of really good webinars. So I'm
0: not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to ditch this on the webinars, you know. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, totally, totally understand that. Um, but one thing too, that I've also seen with, within the vendor community is that not only are they providing more strategic work, they do more strategic work with their hospital clients, but there's also a drive to kind of expand their solutions outside of a single departmental use. And I, I know that you know that because your solution is multi-departmental use. Do you see that the different offerings that partners and vendors are, are are providing to their hospital clients is kind of expanding out of that departmental use?
1: Absolutely. Because so many of these solutions are, are digital in nature. They naturally have multiple use cases. Um, there's just, I mean, if you think of a CRM, people think marketing, but it's a customer service tool. It's a patient experience tool. It's, I mean, there's so many different things that you can do with it. Why wouldn't you want to provide that value across your organization? That's one example of many that we could talk about. To answer your question, yes, I think you're going to see that more and more. And then there's a lot of benefits to it. You get more buy-in across the organization. You know, when you have more people at the table, that are supporting an initiative around a, a technology or something, then there it, it has more chance for success. The worst is when technologies get selected by individual departments, and there's a lot of crossover between things. Then you get competition between, like, you know, which one's going to hold on the, the most. I, I think also as vendors, we sh- really should have an obligation to ask those questions when we go in, like. Are there other departments that could benefit from this? Because sometimes what you do is you, you know, you get, you know, you get vendors that that will just they'll go to specific departments knowing that maybe there's another solution already existing and and it can cause more more
0: challenges in the long run than it solves. One of the reasons I think that there is kind of a shift in these product service offerings is because we're shifting more towards we being, you know, figuratively for people that are in health systems are pivoting more towards becoming more customer first or patient first. We've heard that term for many, many years, right. Uh, in the space, you know, when we start to look at a post COVID world, that's going to become even more and more critical and digital and understanding your, your customer and your patient are becoming like sort of the, the de facto thing that we all need to be focused on, which by the way, expands across multiple departments, right? Because there's no one person who owns the customer, so to speak. We all own the customer. There are some systemic challenges in us as the healthcare industry to become customer first. Actually, this problem
1: has existed before the COVID crisis. And I think one of the challenges as an industry that we've had is the choice of terminology and and just like even the the conversation around consumerism in healthcare has been controversial. I think sometimes there's this feeling that it's all or nothing, right? Like either they're a customer or they're not a customer. And where we get challenged in healthcare is that sometimes people act like customers or consumers and then sometimes they act like patients. It's because they are patients. <laughs> Right? And I think we have to be comfortable with acknowledging that there are these differences in where people are in that journey with the healthcare organization. It's not a consumer journey. It's not a patient journey. It's a consumer patient journey. And I think that sometimes, you know, let's say the marketing department needs to take a step back and allow that person to be treated more like a patient. And then come in where it's appropriate. And vice versa, you know, the clinical folks should acknowledge and support the fact that people who are in the marketing side or the digital marketing side do know more about how to treat customers or how to connect with customers than maybe a clinical person does. We all have our expertise and we need to respect and acknowledge those expertise along the journey. And that's where. I think we'll start to see improvement. Consumerism is really important. I'm, I'm a big proponent for consumerism in healthcare, but I try to take a measured approach when I'm thinking about it or talking about it because I am not a clinician and I can't imagine what that relationship is like. So I have to be willing to listen and 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 understand it.
0: And learn and help that inform the overall approach and recommendations that you can make as, you know, being in and being a marketing person or whatever it may be, right? To help kind of support that journey, so to speak. But what's interesting is is there's been a lot of talk now about how the consumer mindset is shifting in the post-pandemic world and how now we're we're developing digital health denizens, right? We're moving people over to Engaging with their health digitally, almost by force, by brute force at times, because when we saw the pandemic kind of come in, these digital solutions kind of were rapidly implemented and kind of pushed out to our consumers, and saying this is the way you engage with us. And I think that we kind of inherently created this sort of digital divide between us and the patient consumer, as you call them.
1: You know, I think it's funny with like telehealth, for instance. We've seen this huge rise in telehealth, and obviously you know, some of that was driven by some regulatory changes and things like that. And clearly, you know, the pandemic, right? But are we really so surprised that consumers like digital or telemedicine? I mean, like, way before this, there was plenty of us saying, hey, I think customers would like to be able to engage with their providers in a more convenient way, in a more accessible way. And so suddenly, like, telemedicine's taken off and we're all like wow it's amazing but is it really that strange it's not like digital consumerism is new all of these things all of these tools have been being used in every other industry for years now people are comfortable customers patients again whatever, however you want to define them they have been using all of these things in their the rest of their lives every day constantly so It's not like there's a learning curve there. Just because we do a visit, a a clinical visit now over video, doesn't mean that you have to teach someone how to use the video offerings on their phone. There's two-year-olds using FaceTime. So it's not the technology that's a barrier. It's the culture that's a barrier. Now it's finally starting to to show that, you know what? We can do these things as an industry And they're not going to cause all of the problems we had predicted. There will be challenges, there will be problems, but the house isn't going to fall apart. And we're going to just keep moving forward. I don't think we're going to see a pullback of this technology once the pandemic starts to subside and we start to see more normalcy return. I think we're off to the races with a lot of this stuff
0: now. So do you think that there's going to be any challenges for the healthcare organizations to in the future state- really embrace then consumer first. We, we always hear about, you know, we want to be as good as Amazon. We want to be as good as Facebook is in terms of understanding the customer. Did the pandemic bring that upon us now? Or are we going to be able to do that at the post end of this?
1: You know, I think we're being forced into doing things that we were a little bit more hesitant in the past to do. And in some of those areas, I think that it's proven to be okay. I think, you know, once we do a little bit of reflection on some of these things, there will be some, some choices that people will go, well, maybe that wasn't the best thing for us to have done. But for the most part, I think it's positive. I'm always hesitant to jump on the, like, we want to be like Amazon or Facebook. Like, I think what we want is to take the best pieces that make sense from those companies. But at the end of the day, Amazon's not a healthcare system. While I think that they have... Products and services that could enhance a healthcare consumer's experience. I still think health systems are the best positioned to deliver the care and to deliver the experience. What I think is we're, we're just going to see more rapid adoption of technology that maybe other industries were, were faster on, but I still think the health system and the health system community
0: is still going to be the, the driving force behind the change. Putting our hat now towards being part of the vendor community that you are, it just makes sense then for the different vendor partners that health systems work with for them to be there as well to kind of help get us quicker to these new changes because they do have access, such as yourself, right? You can see how other industries are doing it and approaching this consumer-first mentality, so does this give you then uh, as an opportunity to bring that outside perspective?
1: I think so, yeah. We try to bridge that gap as vendors. We are exclusive to healthcare, and we try to think about how we can take technology and make it work best for the health system and the health, healthcare uh, consumer. I think where things go wrong is when there are vendors who know nothing about healthcare but have an interesting technology and they try to kind of put the square peg in the round hole where they go looking for a use case that maybe doesn't fit right. And generally those types of things fail. I think it's better to start with understanding the health system space and then creating the technology
0: to best solve for it. Brian, your insights into the space and into the the challenges that both hospitals health systems have but as well as you now working in the vendor community the vendors and the partners that we work with that's all shifting it's all shifting dramatically and your perspective on all of this is really valuable because quite frankly you can understand some of the challenges that both sides of the table are facing i appreciate your insights on that
1: thanks chris i'm always up for sharing and you know (laughs) yes you are (laughs) providing some perspectives i love the opportunity to to chat with you
0: thanks man It is now as important as ever for healthcare vendors to build solid partnerships with their health system clients to help them strategically navigate the difficulty of practicing medicine in a post-COVID-19 era. And much like the challenge hospitals are facing with engaging patients in a digital-first world, vendors must also do the same. We will not be quickly returning to a world of face-to-face conferences and on-site meetings. All of this makes me ask, Is the value one builds through digital channels as valued as those we've built in person? You've been listening to The New Normal, conversations about the future of healthcare from Touchpoint Media. If you enjoyed today's program, please take a moment to rate and review the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you downloaded the show. The music from this program is I Don't Know by Grapes and is available as a royalty-free download from ccmixter.org. And to find out more about Touchpoint Media, visit us online at touchpoint.health.